0: Nama om Padaya krishna praishtaya bhutale, shimate bhakti vedanta swami nityanamane, namaste saraswati deve, gauravani pracharne nivishesha shunyavadi paschakti deshacharne. I'm planning to speak on one particular topic, so I wasn't going to take a verse from Bhagavad Gita, but if we are to keep it in front of me, then I'd rather not sit above Bhagavad Gita directly. So, um, anybody? the topic I'll speak on could be considered somewhat controversial. There's always controversy in the world, especially in it seems in the religious field even more. Why that should be so, people take... people take religion very seriously. It's it's considered sacred. Sacred means that uh, we put great faith and trust in that which is sacred. Sometimes atheists say, well, religion is the cause of so many wars. It may be, religion, uh, over issues which are related to religion, people tend to have very strong feelings. So, it could be said that religion engenders controversy. I may say, well, that's just a condition of the material world, but even in the spiritual world, there may be disagreements. But those disagreements, they're not cause of distress. They're cause of more love for Krishna. Devotees, they they have a different outlook on how best to serve Krishna. Prabhupada wrote in one letter that disagreements among Vaishnavas, they're, they're transcendental because the motive is how to satisfy Krishna. So, controversy will be there. How we understand it, how do we understand we can we can be fanatical. I'm often accused of that of being fanatical um, fanatical means to uh, approach a topic in a in a manner in which one considers that I must be right because I'm right. there's no real reasoning in it there's no philosophical understanding that is. That is fanaticism. That is dangerous. That is fanaticism that nowadays, again, people are afraid of fundamental religionism. It's fundamental means that people without considering that there may be a broader vision to the universe than that which they themselves possess, they presume that everyone else is wrong and if anyone doesn't agree with me, then you should uh, kill them or oh. Suppress them. This is fanaticism. Nowadays in the Western world, people are feeling more and more afraid of fundamental Islam. They're afraid of this fanatical religion. I was brought up in a fanatical religion. Christianity. At least the way I was taught is that if you don't believe in Jesus, you burn in hell forever. That's fanaticism. In what we broadly call Hinduism, although we're not fully happy with that term, but we can use it in a general sense, um, it's understood that also Krishna says that Manusha sarvashah," that every Prabhupada translates this as every every person is on is on the path related with me. Not exactly that. So we understand that people are on different levels. It's not that only you have to be a Hindu, otherwise you're totally condemned. So that's not fanaticism. That is a that is a more philosophical and realistic outlook. That question I had myself when I was a child I was brought up in it's Christian religion and I thought that well, I came to know more about the, the world beyond the tiny little the, the religious world beyond the tiny little spectrum I'd been taught about. I, then I realized that in other religions they talk about God also. And there's great saints in various traditions so it would seem that some, maybe some Muslims or some Hindus or whatever, they are more saintly and more godly than some Christians. So why should it be that, that only Christians go to God? And it basically the, what they're saying has so many similarities. So anyway, I was talking about, uh, I got a little digressed, I was going to say I was going to talk about a controversial subject. So, this is bringing it much clear now I'm speaking in a very general way but when we when we talk about a particular controversy, then people may start to feel angry or upset or confused or whatever so the particular controversial issue i mean it hasn't been a very great controversy but I heard that uh, when I was here last time and and I think maybe the time before, maybe on two visits that On both occasions I spoke something about how devotees, they shouldn't... We don't generally speak on intimate lilas of Radha and Krishna. That should be restricted to a very select audience. It's not for public consumption or even among those of... uh, Even among devotees in, in general. You find that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu only discuss such subject matters with, as is described in the Chaitanya Sharda Sharaithin, three and a half devotees. It isn't exactly explained why three and a half, but it's it's said that the three and a half were Ramananda Rai, actually in order we should say, Srutamada, Ramananda Rai and Shiki Mahiti, and the half was Shiki Mahiti's sister, Madhvi So why half? Probably because she was a lady, less association would be there. Exactly how. There's no there's very little mention of Mahadevi Devi or even Shikhi Mahiti in Chaitanya Charjama, although there's plenty of mention about Ramananda Rai and Surup Damada. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was very conservative in this matter, and I was pointing that out, and apparently I pointed that out on two visits, and apparently this was construed by. Some disciples of B.B. Govinda Maharaj, among, uh, of whom I can see at least one here, and maybe more others that I don't recognize, that I was making a uh, an indirect or maybe not very indirect attack on Maharaj, Govinda Maharaj, because he quite often speaks on intimate topics of Radha and Krishna while he's here in Dubai. So that's, that's controversial. Although, actually, I didn't know so much about that until after I'd made that comment, because I often make such comments, because I'm preaching in India, where it's a very common thing, that uh, Kathakas, professional speakers, they come and speak on various High, we can say high pastimes of of Krishna uh, among unqualified audiences. So this is one part of our preaching to establish that what should be the subject matter of discussion. So it, it I often say such things in lectures and having said so here, it certainly wasn't meant as a direct attack on Govinda Maharaj. if I had a personal issue with him on that, I'd speak with him about that but I understand that some of my godbrothers have done. Anyway, it's not, it's not I don't publicly attack my godbrothers on any issue, I, I mean, if I have a difference of opinion, which I do have a difference of opinion with many of my godbrothers on many issues but if I feel strongly enough about it I'll speak to them about it rather than speaking to everyone else about it. That's a better way to do it. But anyway, um it did become seems somewhat of a controversial show. I don't think a very such a very big one. I mean I don't find I wasn't pelted with tomatoes when I landed here. <laughs> so uh but it's it's uh, an important topic which I feel we should discuss some more. And like I say, I have a difference what could be termed a difference of opinion with many of my godbrothers on many issues which may surprise you because after all we're all supposed to be representing Śrīla Prabhupāda and our previous acharyas. But on the other hand there there are different personalities and different personalities means they have different approaches and different outlooks and different understandings. So within certain parameters, we have to expect that, and not only expect that, but welcome that. It's not that that uh, I am a follower of Śrīla Prabhupāda, and I am just like a robot, because I don't think for myself at all. It's not supposed to be like that. Think for myself means we should... Prabhupāda wrote in one letter that uh, the Krishna Consciousness Movement is meant for creating independently thoughtful people, which... um, What does that mean? Independent means not independent of Guru, Sadhu and Shastra. But within the parameters given by Guru, Sadhu and Shastra, there'll be different approaches, different outlooks, different... Everyone's different. That's our philosophy, personalism. That uh, Krishna, he not exactly creates, but we can say he manifests. All different jivas and everyone is different from every other that is Krishna. That Bahusyam. One became many. Or one is, one is expanded as many. So every jiva is different. Uh, every jiva is unique and individual. And Krishna enjoys relating with so many different jivas in different ways. We, we categorize Dasya-ras, Vatsalya-ras, are different rasas in which devotees relate with the Lord. But within that, they're, they're, these are general categories. And within that, every person is different. And Krishna, he is Krishna's whole enjoyment. He is the supreme enjoyer. He enjoys relating with every jiva in a somewhat different way. Of course, there are parameters also. Those who are, there are also jivas who reject Krishna. you Krishna, Moodha, Krapadyante, Narada, Mahaya, so those who are rejecting Krishna, they do not give pleasure to Krishna. So it's not that everything is, everything is bhakti. that's not true. There is bhakti, there is pure devotion, there is mi- mixed devotion, that mixed with the most material nature. And there is uh, artificial or false devotion also. That that which appears to, may appear to be like pure devotional service, but which isn't, that's also dangerous. Now another disciple that I recognize of so, Deepak Maharaj. Okay. So um, the, all these topics have been presented by Rupa Goswami and his Bhakti Rasam, his Sindhu, which Prabhupada translated as the Nectar of Devotion, and subtitled it the complete science of bhakti-yoga. In other words, Rupa Goswami, he has presented devotional service in a systematic manner. Devotional service means, or devotion to Krishna means, the flow of the soul's love towards Krishna, which is expressed in uh, various forms of service towards Krishna. So, it may seem that a systematic approach is antithetical to bhakti. Why don't we just love Krishna? That's the question. Why don't we just love Krishna? The answer is because we're rascals. We're in this material world basically because we're all rascals. We have turned against Krishna. krishna Hoya, Bhogavan-chakharaya nikata maya tare japatiya Turning away from Krishna, we desire desire to enjoy separately from Krishna, and then Maya, who is just always ready, captures. captures. So, there is a process to revive the Krishna consciousness, which is natural to all of us. nitya siddha krishna Preem shadha kapu Shavanadi Shuddha Chite Kariye udai. Krishna Consciousness is the natural function of the soul that is now covered over but that can be revived by the process of hearing and chanting about Krishna. Hearing, chanting and all the practices of devotional service. But that should be done in a systematic manner just as uh, a sick person, their natural condition is to be healthy, and there are certain things that will help to make them healthy. But if, uh, just like if you are uh, sick, then generally it's recommended one should rest, or when, for the particular disease one should take a particular diet, particular medicine. So, but that if that is done in a systematic manner under the guidance of an expert doctor, then. The cure b- will be quick and effective. Even if one has the right medicine, if one does not take it in the proper systematic manner, he may even get more sick. If you, if you don't take it in the, in the proper manner, or if you, if you mix your medicines, then you could end up being, becoming more sick, if you, if you make a wrong mixture of medicines. So, sister, Rupa Goswami Prabhupada has recommended a systematic approach which is uh, generally known as uh, vaidhi sadhana bhakti. That means devotional service in practice following certain rules and regulations. Now, rules and regulations do not in themselves constitute devotional service. But they help. Not only they help, but they are essential for those who are not in the stage of being on the platform of pure devotion to Krishna. Now, Shravanadi uh, Shuddha Kariye The first process in reviving our dormant Krishna consciousness is to hear about Krishna from bona fide devotees. Again, there are two uh, basic divisions of the subject matter of uh, That which is to be heard... Two basic subject matters, two basic divisions of Krishna-katha, Hare Krishna. Shravan means we should hear about Krishna. So there is uh, Krishna-katha, that which is spoken by Krishna, which most importantly means Bhagavad-gita. And we also have, you see, Uddhava-gita in Bhagavatam is also very important. But that... Prabhupada explained that particularly means Bhagavad Gita, which is most important for the uh, conditioned souls just coming to Krishna consciousness. And there's also that's Krishnasya katha, that, that which is spoken by Krishna. And there's also Krishna-visayakatha, or that which is in relationship to Krishna, or that which is spoken by others about Krishna. Now, again, uh, within krishna Gita, there are two other divisions, divided in another way. That is uh, alluded to in Srimad Bhagavatam. And the Srimad Bhagavatam describes Bhagavat Mukta Sangasya Jayate that by uh, understanding the su- scientifically the subject matter of the science of God, one can be liberated from all material contamination. Also in the beginning of uh, Bhagavatam, it's described that this is a book of rasa, bhakti-rasa. Pivata-Bhagavatam-rasa-mālayam-mohoraho-rasikā-bhūvibhābukā-hā. In which Vyāsadeva recommends that this shrimad it is the ripened fruit of the Desire tree of Vedic knowledge. And it Vyāsadeva himself congratulates his son, who is just like his disciple also, that it's become better. After he heard it from me and spoke it again, it became better. So now it is enriched with, with uh, that, enriched with greater Bhakti Ras. So he recommends, go on drinking this Ras up to the time of leaving this world. This is, this book is especially meant for Rasikas, or devotees who relish the mellows of Bhakti Ras. So both things are there, philosophy and Bhakti Ras. And the two are, uh, Intricately interconnected. It's not that. Now, now, oh, now we come to an important point. That um, yeah, it's not that one can simply relish rasa without understanding the philosophy of Krishna consciousness. Now, there are many great acharyas uh, uh, who have commented on in very many wonderful ways, especially Vishvanatha Chakravarti Kosambi given wonderful commentaries on the Sriman Bhagavatam, uh, how Krishna and the gopis, how they are relating with each other. But you'll also find that Vishnachagvartita, his commentary is not confined to the 10th canto of Bhagavatam, but covers all the cantos of Bhagavatam. And you'll, if we study Vishnachagvartita's uh, commentary, then we'll find that when it comes to philosophical discussion, he's also extraordinarily deep in philosophical discussion. He's, he's understood all the intricacies of the various uh, materialistic philosophies that oppose pure devotional service, such as those of the Sankhya philosophies, Patanjali philosophies, and so on. So, so he's fully understood this, and he's, uh, fully, he's discussed these in great depth, As they are discussed in Srimad Bhagavatam. Now, uh, this, yes, so this, this bhakti ras we find that is discussed throughout the Srimad Bhagavatam. But, uh, the tattva gyan, that's also discussed throughout the Bhagavatam. And we'll find, even Prabhupada used to say that the gopis, they were not Vedantists. They were not studying Vedanta. They were churning butter and crying for Krishna and playing with Krishna. But we'll also find, even in the prayers of the gopis, that it appears that they're also not devoid of knowledge of Krishna's glories nakalu gopika nandano bhavan Antarat antaratnadrik they state that you are not simply the gopis speak about Krishna that you are not simply the son of mother Yashoda but you are also the super soul indwelling in everyone's heart. so this Srimad uh, Bhagavatam gives us knowledge of Krishna's glories his greatness, his ontological position as the supreme personality of Godhead, who is to be surrendered to, and it also gives us knowledge of what is the what is the condition of surrender to Krishna. It's not simply one of being a a subordinate slave, but it is a matter of loving exchange, as. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, uh, explained that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teachings begin where the teachings of Bhagavad Gita leave off. Krishna says, surrender to me. But we find that when Ramananda Rai was was, when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was asking Sri sorry, Ramananda Rai, about sadhya sadhana tattva, what is the goal of life and how to attain it? Then Ramananda Rai was giving various uh, prastad, uh, propositions. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu rejected this is external. Speak some more. Even Ramananda Rai was only speaking from Shastra. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is indicating that much of what is in Shastra is only preliminary. It is meant to lead us to the ultimate goal of life but it does not in and of itself constitute the ultimate goal of life. So when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asked Ramananda Roy what is the goal of life and how to attain it then the first thing Ramanandaray replied, in, Is that Vaan Ashram Acharavata Purushena Parapuman? Vishnu A Radhyate Pumsam. What is that? Vishnu A Radhyate Pumsam? Nanya Tattosha Karanam. He replied that, Ramanandaray replied, quoting from the Vishnu Purana, authorized scripture, that uh, everyone should follow the Vaan Ashram system. And in this way, worship the Supreme Lord. There is no other way to satisfy the Lord than this. It says, nanya There's no other way to satisfy him than but this. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu immediately rejected, ehobahya, age This is external, speak some It's from Shastra. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, no, I don't accept this. So how is this to be understood? Because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he wanted to I hear and understand, he was pushing Ramananda right to come to the point of explaining what is the actual essence of life? What is, the, what is it that Shastra is aiming at, teaching us? So, he has said that Bhanashram, that is, it, everyone should worship him, there is no way to satisfy the Lord but this. Then why did Chaitanya Mahaprabhu reject? This requires very careful understanding. This means that uh, we, we have to understand there are various prescriptions in Shastra for various people on different levels. That's why you'll find in Shastra also that you can kill animals and eat them following a prescribed system. That's also in Shastra. But that's meant for people on a certain level of consciousness. Vanashram, that is the beginning, that is the first thing given by Ramananda Rai. That is the beginning of uh, religious life, of, of, ad, of advanced religious life. So, that is essential for people who are on that level. But that is meant to lead one to a higher level. An Hashem in and of itself cannot be all in all because it is an arrangement for the material world. Now, sometimes people quote this and say, well, you see, there's no need of following any material duties. But our Acharya... On, on the strength of this statement of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, this doesn't mean that everyone should give up one's material duties. It's external if you're on the platform of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Prabhupada explained like this. But for those of us who require to be materially regulated, then Vanashram is the best system. Anyway, uh, Ramananda, he went through various suggestions to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And one of his suggestions of what the goal of life is and how to attain it was Surrender to me, Krishna says. This is his final teaching in Bhagavad Gita. Surrender to me only giving up all other dharmas. I will protect you. Do not fear. I will protect you from all simple reactions. Do not fear. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, as he had said previously to all other propositions, Eha age This is external, speaks among. So this may seem very surprising because this is Krishna's final Shinome uh, chaha. Krishna says prior to prior to saying this. That now I'm going to speak to you my topmost instruction, which is surrender to me fully. Now, Prabhupada explained that. Love beyond love develops after surrender. So surrender is a precondition to love. The actual goal of life is not simply to surrender to Krishna, but to love him. So the goal of life is to love Krishna. And that can be inculcated by the process of regulated devotional service in which... Hearing about Krishna is essential. Hearing uh, you should hear Srimad Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita. We should hear the past signs of Krishna. But there is also a matter of eligibility. Just like some people, due to their level of consciousness, they are eligible only for, for- performing Varnashram duties without a very developed sense of understanding Krishna. Others uh, worship Krishna according to the process of sadhana-bhakti. And others who are on a very high elevated state, they can appreciate the intimate pastimes of Krishna. And it was particularly for this purpose that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to this world. And chirat unatajvala Hari Puruta Sundra Jyoti Kadamba Sandipaja Sada Hridya Kandares Purutuba Shachinam May that, Rupa Goswami Prabhupada says that may that son of Sachi, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, may he be manifested within your heart. He has appeared in this age of Kali to offer which no previous ever-incarnation ever offered before, the glorious, resplendent mellows of devotion to Himself. He is Krishna. So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came especially to give, to reveal that which had not been revealed. Shiva Bhagavatam states the pastimes of Krishna. But what is the secret? What, what is the what is being expressed there? Sugadeva Goswami, he described the pastimes of Krishna, including the intimate pastimes of Krishna with the gopis. But necessarily, because he was speaking to Pariksit Maharaj in only a short time, he did so very briefly, and he gave some indication. He didn't speak elaborately. There may be various reasons for that, one reason being that he was speaking to uh, a wide audience. That means, along with Pariksit Maharaj, there were many rishis yogis, who are not actually devotees. Pariksit Maharaj could understand the essence of what he was speaking. But the elaborations on these... Inti- he spoke on intimate pastimes of Krishna and the gopis. But that, those topics have been elaborated upon by subsequent acharyas, especially those in the line of Chaitanya Mahāprabhu. So, uh, that is given in srimad Bhagavatam, Of course, this comes in the tenth canto, and previous to this there are nine other cantos, which which describe the various incarnations of the Lord, and various philosophical topics, by which the uh, Supreme Personality of Godhead is to be understood as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Now, the essence of Srimad Bhagavatam is the 10th canto, and especially the Rasa Panchadhyayat, the five chapters dealing with the Rasa Leela. And there are other chapters also dealing with uh, Krishna's pastimes, with the gopis, and traditionally, if we we see the history of Gorya Vaishnavism, then most of the uh, on many of the, many of the writings if we find Bengali padavali kirtan most of them have been on the subject of Radha and Krishna their separation pastimes between Krishna and the gopis that is the t- main that is the essence of what chaitanya mahaprabhu came to teach of course chaitanya mahaprabhu himself it's also said that apart from reminiscing these pastimes He also used to hear the other parts of Srimad Bhagavatam, especially it said that he very much liked to hear the pastimes of Dhruva Maharaj and Pallad Maharaj, and he used to hear these again and again. Not only Ras leelas. So, uh, Gorya Vaishnavism is uh, very much equated with, particularly the pastimes of Radha and Krishna, because that is that is the particular characteristic of Gorya Vaishnavism, that describes the pastimes of Radha and Krishna. And uh, that is the goal of Gorya, particularly of the followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, is to understand the intimate pastimes of Radha and Krishna. Not only understand, but to enter into those past So it may be said that, well then, we should discuss them more, if that's our goal. So, that may be, however, again, the question of eligibility comes. It's just like uh, one may be studying to be the doctor, but it's not until he's fully trained that he's allowed to do operations. You could say, well, the goal is to perform operations, but that doesn't mean that you start to perform operations in the beginning. You have to learn, step by step, all the different things. Uh, if you don't learn step by step, if, if just at the beginning they say, well, today uh, we have the trainee doctors, their first day, and today we're going to show you how to do operations, it doesn't work like that, you have to learn all the, there's so many background things to be understood, otherwise, if you see a, a, an expert doctor perform an operation, it may seem, well, it's very easy, but, but uh, first of all, he has to be, there, there's so much background knowledge he's got, First of all, whether you should perform an operation or not. There's a whole science of diagnosis. First of all, you have to see if the patient should be operated on at all. Sometimes operations they're performing aren't at all necessary. It may be harmful to perform it. So it requires so much uh, training and background knowledge before one is allowed to practice as a doctor. Because even though the goal is to practice as a doctor, if one does so in an in an in an inexperienced stage, then uh, he is liable to cause more harm than good. He's supposed to be doing good to others, but he may, even with good intentions, and he may say, that, well, the actual goal is to, you know, to perform oper- operations, if you're going to become a surgeon. Then, uh, But at the same time, you have to understand, you just can't rush into being a surgeon. You have to take it step by step, be trained. So in the same way, uh, our, especially our recent Acharyas, I'm particularly saying, referring to Bhaktisidhana, Sajra Thakur and our own Srila Prabhupada, they have been very cautious in this matter of speaking Lila Katha. And actually, as I said, even Chaitanya Mahabrabhu himself, he was very cautious in this matter. He would, on, he would only discuss these matters very intimately with three and a half devotees now traditional Gorya vaishnavism that gave so much stress to this intimate lila kathas but what had happened was in the course of time due to stressing only on this side and not giving guidance gurus in the Tradition in the years, in the generations following after Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. They would only, they would tend to stress only on lila Katas, but not on understanding basic philosophy or even basic moral principles. And as a result, of course there may be so many other factors, but as a result, the very condition of Gorya Vaishnavism has become actually extremely contaminated. Because the, the tendency to misunderstand is very strong. I've, I recently, just in the last few days, had a couple of examples of this in my own personal life. How people tend to misunderstand and then misunderstandings get propagated. There was one, uh, one disciple of mine was writing a Vyasa Puja offering to me. And it was written in the book that describing my mercy... I'm just saying what he wrote to demonstrate the point. That uh, I had had initiated uh, some young lady who was unmarried, but she was living with a man, and uh, I said that, well, someone has to initiate her, and initiated her. I was thinking, wow, I never initiated any young lady living with a man. I wouldn't I wouldn't do so either, because a young lady living with a man means she's not following four regulated principles. She might be following three, but not four. <laughs> <laughs> so, then I thought, and uh, I was thinking back, and I seem to remember some time ago i said something like, some, some devotees were saying that, well, actually, gurus shouldn't initiate it. Unmarried young women, you should wait and see till after their marriage, because they not, might not be able to follow the principles afterwards, according to the husband they get. And I I may have, when someone brought this to me, I seem to remember something like that and said that, well, you know, they're following and someone should initiate it. In other words, I didn't follow that line of thought. that No young woman should get initiated unless they're married. But someone, somewhere, added in something that they twisted it, or somehow it got to the I had initiated some one unmarried young lady who was living with a man. That was just like some complete uh, you know, imagination which got tagged onto it. And that was supposed to be... So that's one example of misunderstanding. How something is there but it gets a little bit changed and a little rumor here and there and it comes out as something completely different. And then you see now that's in my Vasapujiburg maybe in, you know... My disciples in future will be initiating because Guru Maharaj, you see, he initiated like that. So you know, we should do it. It's so, our parampara. You see, he <laughs> could come down like that. You never know. I have to correct that one. And there was another one. Now, there's a very strange habit in much of Eastern Europe. In fact, all of Eastern Europe. Um, that after offering incense in arati, the devotees, you know, after you put in sand or rice, so they put it in upside down. So anyone who's expert in physics can deduce that by doing that it will soon get extinguished. Or even if you're not expert in physics, you can understand that. (laughs) It will soon get, it it will extinguish it. It won't burn anymore. So I, when I say that, I say, well, you should leave it burning because it's been lit for the pleasure of the Lord. And maybe you don't like it, but you're not God, and it's been offered to Him, not for you. You see, because you're coming from this lecher culture, they, maybe they like the smell of fried chicken or something like that. <laughs> but uh, this is this is something nice for the pleasure of the Lord. So then someone wrote to me and said that I heard that you had said, referring to me, that if you extinguish the incense after it's been offered to the Lord, then it ceases to be prasad. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> so you're asking me for an explanation of why that is. Asking in a very submissive manner, not challenging me. But I, was, but I never said that. I just said, you shouldn't extinguish it. You should let it burn. But then it, but then it came out that... So these are just two examples of how things tend to get twisted. And misunderstandings can, misunderstandings can come very easily. One thing is because people don't listen very carefully. You should listen very carefully. Try to understand what has been said. And not add anything with our imagination. Don't add, don't subtract. Adding means... Adding means with our imagination. Speculation, Providence to use that word. Subtract means that we don't listen carefully and we miss some point. Maybe when we miss some point then we add in some point of our own to make it up. But that's not the process. We should hear very carefully. Try to understand. So, within the getting back to the history of gaudiya vaishnavism many misunderstandings had arisen now this appears to be because mostly the gurus they were only speaking on lila katha but not giving basic instruction in bhagavad gita basic instruction in proper philosophical understanding so without very rigid philosophical understanding, if we hear how Krishna is dancing with the gopis and so on, we may think, well, Krishna is God, he's very sacred, he's very wonderful and all this and that. But without hearing how Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, our tendency will be to misunderstand that this is something mundane. Or Actually, there's so many different misunderstandings about the intimate pastimes of Krishna. Or people misunderstand their own mundane sentiments towards their wife or whatever, to be equal to that of to be the same as that of Krishna with the gopis. So many, many misunderstandings came out and I, I'm, I'm very much simplifying it now, but we, there's many different factors involved But uh, due to lack of philosophical understanding, plus misunderstandings being preached, deviant philosophy being preached, uh, Gorya Vaishnavism had descended to a level of some kind of excuse for illicit sex. It was a common thing that uh, people, well, Krishna, He was uh, having so many girlfriends, and we're followers of Krishna, so we should also have That was the condition of supposedly Vaishnava society in the middle of the 19th century. So much so that the newly educated, that means educated by the British system, that that was just coming up, the newly educated intelligentsia of Bengal, Plus the uh, mostly the, the smarter community, which was still you have to some extent in South India the smarter community, and in still they're following their principles, some of them to some extent. And in North India also, but in Bengal the, the smarter community apparently it doesn't exist anymore. So the the Acharyas and whatever they don't follow any principle; they're all eating fish, and none of them are. Even, many of them are even openly atheistic. But at that time, I, in Bengal, the, 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 the Smarter Society was very strong also. And they they, uh, they abhorred it. The Vaishnavism? No, oh, that's it's simply an excuse for, for sex. Simply an excuse for a very low, degraded kind of lifestyle in the name of religion. Because in those days... Uh, Illicit sex was very much looked down upon in in society and until recently. It was like that. Now, due to propaganda, it's become a normal thing. They're promoting it in India as being a very normal thing. But uh, in those days, the but also someone wants to change the cassette. Another factor in human society in, in in well in Indian society in particular at that time. Oops, what else it again? It looks like the tape's not very good. It stopped in mid tape. Isn't it? Alright. No. Okay. So another factor in Indian society at that time was a very great respect for anything religious. So people under the cover of religion were engaging in abominable activities and people say, oh, this is religious, it's sacred. But others who were more... who were discriminating, saying, this is not religious. This is a mockery of religion. So anyway, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he, he was the first to awaken in the Bengali intelligentsia. Intelligentsia means two sides. One side was the smarter pundits, and the other side was the newly educated, Western educated. And they were also Vaishnava pundits. But he was the first to uh, awaken with, among them, an understanding that actually Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did not come to teach something degraded. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to teach a very the very purest teachings of all but that was generally that that was not understood because Vaishnav society had been so much misrepresented and so much degraded that it was thought that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teachings uh, were for very low class people who engage in abominable activities that was what was generally considered in Bengal at that time so Bhaktisidham Sarsar Thakur he took up the same Mishnah bhakti no but with a, with a sledgehammer. Very strongly preaching. Now, at that time in Vaishnav society, most of the... I'm going in a little detail here. Now, it's, very, it's a very, very big topic. But most of the Vaishnav initiates, they would be told... At the time of initiation, and initiation was also something very cheap, generally, at the time of initiation they would be told, this is your swaroop city. That you are such and such a gopi, this is your name, you are, you are eleven and a half years old, this is the color of your dress, this is your service, and they would, they would give you an, the guru would tell you some identity that is supposed to be you, and you're supposed to meditate upon that, and then you become like that. So this uh, Siddha as it was called, that was given to people, they would just come to a guru, teach me about spirit, I I want to be a disciple, and then immediately, you're a gopi in Vrindavan, and this is what you do, and this is that. No basic teaching. And even people, they might not be even following, you see, four regulated principles. Fully entangled in material life, but all of a sudden they're told, this is your the, the perfect position. Unrealistic. There is no method to bring people from the... bring aspiring devotees from the method... from the situation of being, now I'm entangled in material life, but I want to be a Vaishnava. Okay, here you are. You're a gopi and be a, you know, meditate on that and become a gopi. Unrealistic. First of all, you have to... How to overcome the anarthas, anarthanivriti. How to become free of lust, greed, anger, illusion, envy, jealousy, all these things. If in the state of being full of calm, growth, love, moha, madha, diya, bishta, isha, e, charek, kishet, Babe Radha Krishna, Unless we give up all these contaminations within the heart, then how can we attain to Radha and Krishna? It is not feasible. It is not realistic. So Bhagavan Tarkasram, especially, he rejected outright the, all the whole system of so-called Vaishnavism, which was going on at the time, which was just based on hearing lila katas and imagining oneself to be on the topmost level of spiritual realization without any without any understanding of basic Vaishnava philosophy and without even stressing the need to follow basic sadacha, moral principles, vegetarianism, not smoking and things like this. So Bhaktisthan Sashad or he actually Sometimes, with again with a select group of disciples, he would he would allude to some what we could call some higher pastimes. But he and he said once when he was at Radha Kund, he said, "Those who have been chanting Hari Krishna for for twelve I think twelve years or more, twenty years, they should now they shouldn't always remain within this, the the lowest stage. They should come up and try to understand these leelas. But at the same time that that is not meant for speaking to newcomers or persons who are not trained in basic philosophy not only not trained but there should be also uh, some actual level of advancement if one is entangled in uh, material attachments then it's not possible to realize even by even if you hear not simply by hearing that one can realize and understand these very high topics. Uh, rather, the tendency will be to misunderstand. Therefore, our, our, our recent Acharyas, Bhaktisya, Sarsha, Thakur, Bhaktisya, they have uh, their presentation to the public, to individuals, and to their disciples, as uh, their lectures, have always been very, on a very philosophical basis to, under, to inculcate a, a philosophical understanding of Krishna consciousness on which strong, very strong platform very firm platform one can actually advance and come to... when one is beyond the platform of anarthan of being on the, on the platform of material contaminations, then one can actually enter into and relish the pastimes of Krishna. But, if one tries to understand that, without becoming properly purified, then there is danger to spiritual life. The tendency will be to misunderstand. Or, one may think that, oh yes, I'm on a, such an advanced platform, I can understand these things, without having gone through all the stages. So that is uh, that is likely to lead one to uh, just like I was saying these katakas, so many they, they come and they speak all Leela katas. and people imagine that I am on a very high level but actually they haven't done the hard work that one has to work hard to clean the impurities out of one's heart one has to go through the this stage of purification it's not simply by imagination that I imagine now I'm relishing the leelas. Now, it could be said that, well, we have to know what our goal is, and we should hear about that. That's also there. But, uh, there has to be uh, a balance, and our recent Acharyas especially have put the balance very strongly on the side of uh, what we could call a conservative approach or philosophical approach. So we should know what is the goal. The goal is to dance with Krishna. But dance with Krishna, that is possible when we become fully purified from all material contaminations. So yes, we should hear. Just It's like Prabhupada once he took disciples around Vrindavan and showed them various holy places narrated, various pastimes there. So it's not that all discussions of the pastimes of Krishna should be stopped. Although Prabhupada noted several times, if you read Prabhupada's books you'll see, he notes disparagingly that some people, they only discuss about the intimate pastimes of Radha and Krishna, as if there are no other pastimes. There are also so many pastimes, different incarnations, and uh, different pastimes of Krishna outside Vrindavan. So these are also to be discussed. Now, uh, what I presented to you, like I said, I have... uh, you might say that... uh, I said at the beginning of the lecture that there are different followers of Srila Prabhupada and they may have different outlooks and different manners of presentation. So, uh, I've been told that I am known within our society as being very conservative. And others, they may be more liberal in their presentation. But personally, my outlook is, and I don't want to put down anyone else, although it, it probably is, by saying this, it is appearing to put others down. But, uh, I very strongly feel that Srila Prabhupada, he was, of course no one will deny that Srila Prabhupada was empowered to spread Krishna consciousness, but this is what I strongly feel, that he, Krishna empowered Srila Prabhupada to teach as we needed to hear, and that it would be wise for us to preach as Srila Prabhupada preached, Um. Now, it may be said that, well, you know, now it's Prabhupada. He passed away from our vision in 1977, and now it's 25 years and more on. So maybe now we should discuss some higher topics. That's possible discussion. That's possible. But among those who have been chanting for 25 years, I would think that is more... Suitable, rather than those who are just coming newly. So yes, I'm conservative, and yes, my outlook may be different to others. So I'm not saying that this point should not be discussed, but in public I, I find that Prabhupada he didn't do so, and I, I would prefer to err on the side of caution if there's We could go one way or the other way, but I would personally think that it's uh, more favorable for the gradual development of devotion of those who are coming newly, and coming newly means we've all been in this material world for millions of lifetimes anyway. We're all new. But uh, two, understand what is the philosophy of Krishna. That doesn't mean it's something dry. Understanding about Krishna is always very sweet. It doesn't mean we should not, certainly doesn't mean we shouldn't discuss the pastimes of Krishna. But we should do so cautiously and not only hear about Krishna's pastimes, or Krishna's Vrindavan pastimes, even if we're to discuss, we discuss other pastimes also. But that also in a very, uh, in a philosophical light as presented by our Acharyas. Otherwise the tendency to misunderstand is very strong. So this these are the words of caution that I wanted to exercise and like I say I'm one among many God brothers and all are following Srila Prabhupada we uh, we hope and all are following with great sincerity. We, we hope that after so many years in Srila Prabhupada's service this Doing with sincerity, there may be different outlooks, but and as I said, it's a controversial issue.